The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Well, we are back. It is 2021. It is great to be back with you. And there is just so much to talk about that. I think these last few weeks for Donald Trump, as we get to the end, these may be the craziest. Uh, let's just get right into it. Donald Trump has now been caught on an audio recording of a phone call pressuring the Georgia Republican secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger, to, quote, recalculate the election results in Georgia in order to find about 11,000 votes for Donald Trump. And the, the the everything about this is absolutely nutty. The Washington Post obtained a recording of Donald Trump urging Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find a way to give Donald Trump the victory in Georgia, of course, one by Joe Biden, the current president elect. And Donald Trump on this phone call we're going to listen to is speaking not just to Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, but also to the Secretary of State's general counsel. Uh, Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, also on the call. It's an hour long call. The full call is available for you. We're just going to listen to a few clips. And this is really something else. So please understand what this audio shows as if we didn't know it is that the president of the United States is leading a campaign, a pressure campaign against Democratic elections in order to remain in power despite the results of that election. Here is the first clip. Donald Trump asks Raffensperger to please recalculate. We have won this election in Georgia based on all of this. And there's there's nothing wrong with with saying that, Brad, you know, I mean, having the having a correct the people of Georgia are angry, and these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Now, do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County? Because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines, uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. No, Ryan Germany. No, Dominion is not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. We're having well, but, no, but, but have they moved? Have they have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. You sure, Ryan? I'm sure. So just no to everything, to every one of Donald Trump's notions, they on the call saying no, no, it's just that this isn't the case. That's not the case. And Trump, you know, that that little are you sure from Trump? That's like a mob boss type of are you sure? Because it would really be a shame if something were to happen to this beautiful family of yours. After being told none of this is happening, Donald Trump pulls out the big one and starts speaking in more clear terms says, I just need you to find eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes. And they are removing machinery uh, 
and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. When we say high crimes and misdemeanors, this is exactly under that umbrella. That is the ask. I need you to find 11,780 votes so that I win Georgia. And Trump says it again later. He says, come on, guys, give me a break. I only need 11,000 votes here. So what so what are we going to do here? folks? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. This is criminal presidential obstruction in an election where Trump himself is a candidate. It's not Trump obstructing some other election between two people other than him. He's a candidate in this election. It is actually hard to find something a president can do that is worse than this in terms of its impact on the democratic systems. I know, you know, there are other things that have a death toll that we assign, which are much more gruesome in nature for sure. And killing people in, in many ways is, of course, worse than making a phone call during which you ask someone to cheat for you from the standpoint of what it does to the pillars of democracy. This is almost as bad a thing as a president can do. The, the call is nuts and Trump kind of switches between attacking and criticizing Raffensperger and trying to sort of placate him and flatter him. It's very weird. Take a look at this last clip. We won the election and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to reexamine it and you can reexamine it, but but reexamine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. For instance, I'm hearing Ryan and he's probably, I'm sure, a great lawyer and everything, but he's making statements about those ballots that he doesn't know. But he's making them with such, he he did make them with surety, but now I think he's less sure because the answer is they all went to Biden. And that alone wins us the election by a lot. You know, Mr. President, uh, you have people that submit information and we have our people that submit information and then it comes before the court and the court then has to make a determination. We have to stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are right. Well, under law, you're not allowed to give faulty election results. Okay, you're not allowed to do that. And that's what you've done. This is a faulty election result. This really is like nothing we have seen before. It's not an exaggeration. This is not. This is unlike anything we've seen in the United States. Um, uh, Carl Bernstein, I believe, saying that this is far worse than Watergate. Dan Rather saying this is far worse than Watergate. We've seen this stuff in other countries, no doubt, but we've not seen it like this in the United States. An ethical, moral person would say, I think maybe the count is wrong. Count the votes and give us the results. Trump says, come on, guys, give me a break. I need 11,000 votes. The difference could not be more stark. Now, Trumpists are split of two minds on this right now. There are some Trumpists who are playing coy and they're saying Trump didn't do anything wrong. Trump said, calculate the correct results, which we won with. I believe if you listen to the call, 
It's very hard to make that case. Trump is very clearly saying something different. He's saying regardless of the real results, come on, guys, give me a break. I need 11000 votes. Other Trumpists who can't make that dumb argument I just mentioned are just pretending this isn't going on. If you look at some pro Trump enclaves on the Internet, they've been immediately deleting all references to this story, removing all links to this story as quickly as they're being posted. They're being deleted. They're just suppressing the story altogether. So is anybody surprised by this? The guy who said to Ukraine, dig up dirt on Biden for me. No, we can't be surprised by this. Now, a quick word on Brad Raffensperger. There's been some praise of Brad Raffensperger floating around for holding firm here. And, you know, he did. He didn't bow to Trump's pressure. And it takes some strength when the president, who happens to be from your own party, is telling you what to do. It takes some strength to say no. But remember that this election didn't come down to just Georgia. When this phone call took place, it was clear that even if Brad Raffensperger could somehow steal Georgia for Trump, Trump still doesn't win the election. So I am wondering, I don't know, I'm wondering, would Raffensperger and Brian Kemp from Georgia, would they have held this firm? If flipping Georgia would have given Trump the presidency, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just asking Trump's participation certainly justifies impeachment and removal. We have 16 days left in this presidency. Trump will be gone before impeachment could happen. You can impeach a president after they've left office. It's warranted. I doubt it will happen, but completely impeachable behavior. There is a reason that companies often escort former employees out of the building right away with presidents. It's never been necessary before. It's different with Trump. And that's sort of the final thought on this. Okay, so we're back. We have a huge week this week. This is um, tonight. Donald Trump is going to hold what will likely be his last political rally as president in Georgia in support of incumbent Republican senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, even though he's been insisting that the Georgia Senate races are rigged. He's still saying go and vote for Kelly and David. Um, We're going to cover that rally live tonight. Tomorrow are the two runoffs in Georgia. Tomorrow night we will cover results live as they come in. And then Wednesday, January 6th, Vice President Mike Pence is going to preside over a formal counting of the electoral vote in front of a joint session of the House and the Senate. And we have learned that some Republicans are planning to try to steal the election from Joe Biden, who, remember, won by quite a bit. This is the biggest attack that we've seen on the fundamentals of democracy in the United States in a very long time. The term sedition is being used. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is disgusting and no, it will not work. So let's go through it so that you understand why these are delusional ideas uh, 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 that are being put forward by uh, Republicans that on January 6th, Mike Pence can choose instead of counting the actual electoral votes, for example, from Pennsylvania, Biden won Pennsylvania, Democratic electors voted for Joe Biden. Beautiful. There are Republicans claiming Mike Pence can say, no, I'm not going to accept those electoral votes. I'm going to accept these alternate Republican electoral votes from Pennsylvania. He can't do that. He, he, Mike Pence cannot do that. That's not going to happen. That's a fantasy. Mike Pence doesn't have that power. Mike Pence's role in this is strictly ceremonial. But what we are going to see are objections from the floor from both some House Republicans 
and some Senate Republicans to the counting of the electoral votes that have been legally cast by electors. Right now, it's expected that there are going to be 11 Republican senators who will claim I object because of irregularities. Um, and they will ask for an emergency 10 day audit to investigate. Now, remember, they've been investigating two months. Not a single court has found any of their arguments meritorious. Now, the really scary part is that because of the fomenting of baseless anger by Trump and others, there are expected to be multiple rallies and gatherings of Trumpists in D.C. on Wednesday. And there are fears of violence. A variety of groups are expected to be there. There are threats of violence, calls for an armed encampment, which sounds a lot like that Chaz and chop thing that Trumpists were denouncing over the summer when it was over the George Floyd protests. But Chaz and chop only wanted to govern themselves. These lunatics want to govern the entire country by imposing an unelected president on the United States. We've come to expect that hypocrisy. I won't dwell on that today. Uh, and they're even calling. There are even some Republicans calling for violence. Cuckoo Congressman Louis Gohmert, for example, said, in effect, the court ruling would be you got to go to the streets and be as violent as Antifa and Black Lives Matter. That's Louis Gohmert, former judge, saying that attorney Lynn Wood who's a pro Trump lawyer that's been at the center of a lot of this nonsense, says Mike Pence should be executed for treason. So many allusions and incitements to violence going on, and we'll see what happens on that front on Wednesday. But the bottom line, what happens voting wise on Wednesday? So here's how it will go. Some Republicans will object to the counting of the votes. It will trigger a couple of hours of debate in each chamber, Senate and House, and then there will be a vote about whether to uphold the objections. Neither the House nor Senate will vote to uphold the objections and Joe Biden's election will be certified. That's what's going to happen. So all of this weeks of planning and plotting and threatening, this will lead to a delay of a few hours on Wednesday and we will cover all of it live for you. They are attacking our basic democratic systems and they should be held accountable. Uh, it, it's unclear if these Republicans are going to be held accountable, but this is really the last thing we need in the middle of a pandemic that has dramatically been mishandled, where we have an urgent need to put someone else in charge of managing the pandemic. Joe Biden already has a team, already has a task force. They've been meeting, they've been working and there couldn't be this. There would it would never be acceptable to attack democracy in this way. But this is an acutely bad time to do it. So let me know on Twitter what you expect to see happen on Wednesday. You can find me on Twitter at D Pacman. The David Pacman Show at davidpacman.com. Start your day and your new year off right with Just Egg, which is one of our sponsors. You've heard me talk about the importance of having a diet that is more heavily plant based than it's something I've done over the last few years. I've always loved eggs, so it's great that there is a delicious plant based version of egg with all the protein of egg that just egg brings with it. But it's made from mung beans, so it uses 98 percent less water and causes 93 percent fewer carbon emissions than a conventional egg. And just egg cooks and tastes exactly like a conventional egg. I've tried it for omelets, scrambled eggs, French toast, banana bread, pad thai, anything you'd normally use eggs for. And I actually think if I cooked something for a friend without telling them about just egg, they wouldn't even know the difference. Find it in the egg aisle at your grocery store on Amazon Prime now or on Instacart. 
And they also have a frozen version perfect for breakfast sandwiches. Just egg. Try it out. One of our sponsors today is Lucy, and they are giving my audience 20 percent off. Lucy is a company founded by Caltech scientists with only one mission, which is to help people quit smoking and vaping by offering a clean, affordable nicotine alternative. Now, many of you know, you've heard the stories. I've known several people in my life who have struggled with quitting smoking. I've seen how difficult it can be. And nicotine alternatives can be hugely helpful. Lucy offers a nicotine gum in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon and pomegranate. They also have lozenges which come in cherry ice flavor. Lucy is affordable. It'll ship right to your door. You don't have to go out to the store. Shipping is always free. You can buy single boxes or save with a subscription. It's the year 2020. It's time to throw the cigarettes away and get rid of the vape and Lucy can make it easier. You'll find a ton of excellent reviews online from countless people who have used Lucy to quit smoking and vaping. Go check them out at Lucy.co. That's L U C Y dot co. The URL is in the podcast notes and you will get 20 percent off when you use the coupon code Pacman. Quick disclaimer, I'm required to give these products contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. All right, new year, new expectations, new membership code. Use the code BETTER21. Why? I, come on, guys, because we want a better 2021 than 2020. Use the coupon code BETTER21, all one word, all lowercase. Numbers can't be lowercase, but the letters can. BETTER21 to uh, get a major discount off of the cost of a membership at joinpacman.com. OK, so even though Donald Trump has been completely missing from being the president for what is now several months, he did post another one of these bizarre videos on New Year's Eve. And this is a particularly deranged video. I showed it to some mental health professionals and said, if this person were a patient and came into the office making claims like these, what would you think? And everybody I showed it to in some version or another said, I would question whether the patient is losing connection to reality. We'd be thinking about whether medication is appropriate. Now, that's not a diagnosis of Trump. It's a hypothetical about if Trump was on your couch rather than on your TV making these claims, what would you think? So let's get right into it. A very odd five minute speech posted to Trump's Twitter on New Year's Eve. Trump not slurring in this particular speech. His voice does sound strained. Uh, let's get right into it. In the face of great challenges this year, Americans showed incredible grit, strength, tenacity, and resolve. And together, we achieved truly historic victories like nobody ever thought possible. To defeat the China virus, we launched the largest mobilization since World War II. We transformed our factories to build tens of thousands of ventilators and millions and millions of masks virtually overnight. Nobody thought it could be done. We ignored the experts who demanded open borders, and we shut down travel from China and Europe to protect our citizens, and we built the wall. So this is Trump's completely delusional revisionist history on covid. We've been one of the biggest global failures on covid. We failed on testing. We are actively failing on vaccination, which we'll get to tomorrow. But this isn't new information. We have the seventh highest per capita cases in the world. 
We have the 12th highest per capita death rate in the world, excluding a couple tiny territories like San Marino and Andorra. If we include them, we're 14th highest. I won't bore you with more of that. You're likely as sick of hearing about those numbers as I am. And then just last thing, Trump casually says we built the wall. No wall was built. The promise was a wall across the entire border by January 20th. There's two weeks left. There's no wall. Let's keep going. We pioneered groundbreaking new therapies and treatments, and we saved millions of American lives. Over and over again, we were told it would be impossible to deliver a vaccine by the end of the year. All of the experts said absolutely unthinkable. Trump is exaggerating. It can't happen. And we did it long before the end of the year. They said it would take a medical miracle, and that's exactly what it is. Years from now, they'll be talking about it. They'll be talking about this great, great thing that we did with the vaccines, a truly unprecedented, amazing medical miracle. Normally, developing a vaccine takes up to 10 years. Thanks to Operation Warp Speed, we developed a vaccine in just nine months. Now the lies there are a bit more nuanced. No one said this is a straw man. No one said you can't do a vaccine by the end of the year. And in fact, you can go back to my shows in late April and early May. And I showed you uh, sober projections. One was, I believe, from Goldman Sachs, which think what you want about them when it comes to these these uh, um, timelines. They've, they've been pretty good. Um, and they said we we expect an emergency use vaccine sometime in November and healthcare vaccinations could start at the end of November or early December. That ended up being the case. So it's not nobody was saying we'd have a vaccine this year. But remember that Trump promised us 100 million doses by the end of 2020. That failed. He then definitely promised us 20 million vaccinated by the end of 2020. We are only now getting to the first four and a half, five million doses first dose given. Remember, you need two doses. So Operation Warp Speed has fallen about 90 percent short of what was promised. And that's the bottom line fact. And then here, Trump really gets even more delusional. We've already begun a nationwide vaccination program and we're sending the vaccine all over the world. The world will benefit, will benefit. And everybody's calling to thank me. We know of no calls from world leaders thanking Trump zero. We know of zero calls, but that's not really the big part to talk about. Trump says we're sending the vaccine all over the world. That's about five layers of lies. First, many of the vaccines have nothing to do with Operation Warp Speed. It's pharmaceutical companies that are sending the vaccine all over the world. Number two, Trump turned down 100 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine in late July. So the 100 million doses were then sold by Pfizer to other countries. We're not sending them. We turned them down. So Pfizer sold them to somebody else. We could have had them. Trump said no. And now Pfizer has figured out that other countries want them and they're sending them elsewhere. So just wrong on four or five different levels. Let's keep going. Trump then singing his praises and grading himself. We will end the pandemic once and for all. This is one of the most extraordinary scientific, industrial and medical feats in history. Everybody has it as that. That's what they're marketed down as. And we can never let people forget where it came from and how it came. 
Trump continues to be obsessed with his marks, as he calls them, says that the world has marked this down as a major success. Of course, we have the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, thanks to Turkish immigrants in Germany. The Moderna vaccine overseen by Israeli born chief medical officer Tal Zaks and French businessman CEO Stéphane Boncel, who's the CEO of Moderna. And we have the Oxford vaccine developed in Oxford, England, starting to be approved. What is Trump talking about? Skipping ahead a little bit here, um, Trump touts his great economy. And then he goes into some real whoppers about the GDP, which we've been warning you about for a while. Our economy is growing at the most rapid rate ever recorded, 33.4 percent last quarter and much faster than the nations of Europe. Nobody can compete with us. This one is just sad. We had rapid GDP growth in the third quarter after record GDP loss in the second quarter. If you have 10 apples and I take away seven and then give you six back and brag about how no one's ever given you more apples than me. I'm kind of an idiot, right? Nobody would fall for that. But people are falling for the equivalent story that Donald Trump is telling. And of course, it's similar with Europe. Europe is seeing slower GDP growth because they had less GDP decline to begin with. Understand it. So it's a total farce and Donald Trump rapidly approaching uh, his last and final public appearances tonight in Georgia in support of the two Republican candidate candidates there. I'll be covering it live. I hope you'll join me on YouTube, Twitch and or Facebook. You can stream it on all three at once if you want, uh, starting about 830 p.m. Eastern time tonight. This is really something else. Um, as as we've been covering, uh, Joe Biden has been doing a lot as president elect. Donald Trump as president hasn't been doing a damn thing for months now. Many of his allies have abandoned him. West Palm Beach doesn't seem to want him down there. New York City certainly doesn't want him or his kids. It's just sort of a sad denouement for Donald Trump. But Trump has found some unwavering support in some elements of right wing media, including OAN Newsmax and still in some places on Fox News, the the more sycophantic ones anyway. So later we're going to do a deep dive into a particular Fox News interview that went comically haywire. But I want to give you a sampling of the clips that Donald Trump has been retweeting and amplifying. And the takeaway here for me is that the next four years are going to be insane. That's that's my takeaway. We'll see if you come away with the same notion. Fox News was nuts during Barack Obama's presidency, but Fox News competing with OAN and Newsmax for the same audience is likely to lead to a sort of one upmanship contest for who can come up with the most wacky anti Biden conspiracy theories and false reports. So let's dive right in. In the first clip retweeted by Donald Trump, there was a panel on the show The Five about Trump being admired in 2020. And one of the five people figures out a way to delusionally brown nose Donald Trump. Trump loved it and retweeted it. Take a look. Well, see, I think President Trump should stand at the top because he has been an incredible president. He has, though, Marie. He is someone who led one of the strongest economies we saw pre COVID. This is a man who has gotten more Middle East peace deals done 
uh, in just one term alone. He's gotten more than half of the all the peace deals we have seen uh, in our nation's history done done in one term. This is someone who got Mexico to step up to the plate on things like illegal immigration. This is someone who has brought a business approach to Washington, D.C., therefore solving problems when people like Joe Biden, who have been there forever, created the mess that President Trump went to go fix. And I also think it's remarkable because you have a media who has vilified him, demonized him, lied about him, and yet he still sits atop the throne and Marie, I love you, but this must be a hard segment to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so just to pick one thing, because there's so much nonsense here, she said half of all peace deals in the nation's history were done by Donald Trump during his first term. OK, that didn't ring true to me, so I decided I would fact check it. Now, some of these so-called deals Trump got done were not even really peace deals, and I'll explain that in a moment. But if you go back to the Treaty of Tripoli in 1805, there are 11 of what we would call overtly peace deals. And then there are way more that aren't called peace deals, but effectively are peace deals to some degree. She says Trump did more peace deals in one term than were previously done in all of American history. That is very much false. But the real issue is that the deals Trump did are really mirages. Trump did a deal with the UAE and Israel. Those countries had already agreed to engage independent of Trump, and they weren't in what we would call a conflict to begin with. Bahrain and Israel, same thing. And then, of course, Trump's promise on Israeli-Palestinian peace with Jared Kushner was going to figure out for us silence, no progress at all. Another clip. These are clips retweeted by Trump sucking up to him. This is from OAN, a totally made up story fabricated out of thin air about military ballot tampering. Trump loves it. He retweeted it. Well, new investigations reveal military ballots were major targets of Democrat voter fraud in November. Reports on Thursday note thousands of military ballots were potentially tampered with at polling stations during the general election. This after several witnesses came forward during a hearing in Georgia Wednesday with both photo and video evidence of rampant fraud. Republican poll watchers also claim they got locked out of the counting stations when it came to look time to look over military ballots, which typically lean red. So that's absolutely nuts. Not a single court has found any merit to any of the claims you just heard. Trump doesn't care. He loves it. He retweets it. Next clip also from OAN, which presents a battle for the White House battle. The election's over. Biden won. Trump lost. Doesn't matter. Trump loves it. This one is made even funnier because the anchor is struggling to deliver the scripted agit trash like she's she's struggling to even read this nonsense off of the prompter. The battle continues for the White House as President Trump and his legal team continue to reveal and investigate the irregularities of the 2020 election. President Trump has several avenues to secure his second term. Primarily, the state legislatures have the constitutional authority and responsibility to select the correct electors for their respective states. Seven states had both sets of electors vote on December 14th. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico all had Republican electors cast their votes as well as the Democrat electors. Currently, all seven of the state secretaries of state have sent the Democrat electors to be counted. The state legislatures have the constitutional responsibility to ensure that the electors sent from their state are correct. 
So that's a complete fantasy. None of that is going on. And then one more here, maybe the nuttiest one, an OAN reporter named Pearson Sharp stands in front of a blackboard reminiscent of Glenn Beck's old conspiracy show, bunch of stuff written in chalk outlining a completely farcical understanding of how elections work. This is a five minute clip. I'm not going to torture you like that. I'll just play 40 seconds for you to give you a sense of it. The so-called election results on November 3rd are puzzling to a lot of people, at least 75 million, but probably a lot more. That's because up until that point, all signs were that President Trump was set to win a historic victory over Joe Biden. And many still believe that's exactly what happened, even if the alleged vote counts tell a different story. Despite what the mainstream media has declared, President Trump was projected to win because he had ushered in an unprecedented era of prosperity for Americans from all walks of life. At the start of 2020, before the Chinese pandemic and Democratic governors devastated our nation, American optimism about the economy was at an all-time high. That guy has never seen a point he will actually make, just droning on and on with circumstantial uh, conjecture. But his point is Trump won and Trump liked it. So Trump retweeted that video. These are the things where if you even see a reputable reporter retweet this, you say, wow, that's a concern. The president of the United States is retweeting this stuff. We'll have more coverage of this on our Instagram page. Make sure you're following us there at David Pakman show and follow me on Instagram for pictures from my vacation. Warning, they are very boring. Uh, I'm David Pakman on Instagram. The David Pakman show at David One of our sponsors today is Magic Spoon. The reason I'm such a fan of Magic Spoon is they allow me to enjoy the delicious breakfast cereals I loved as a kid without all the sugar and without the unhealthy ingredients, because Magic Spoon makes breakfast cereal that you really can't tell apart from those tasty sugary cereals that we all know. But each serving of Magic Spoon has no sugar three net carbs and 11 grams of protein. So it's perfect for someone on a low carb keto diet. Just anybody trying to eat healthier and cut back on the sugar. You can choose from cocoa, frosted, fruity, cinnamon, blueberry or peanut butter. They all taste amazing. And Magic Spoon now lets you create your own customized variety pack with the flavors you choose. They really do stand by their product and will refund 100% of your money. If you don't love it, no questions asked. Go to magicspoon.com slash Pacman to build your own custom variety box today and be sure to use promo code Pacman to get free shipping. The link is in the podcast notes. If you are anything like me, you probably aren't thrilled with the idea of going into a doctor's office right now. And thankfully, there is a practical and affordable way to take control of your health and get personalized care from the comfort of your home. It's a service called Steady MD. They're one of our sponsors. You take a quiz, you get matched with a licensed primary care physician who understands your health needs. You have a one hour video call with your new doctor. 
you establish a meaningful relationship with them. And after that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone or video chat. This is not a random doctor on call. Each doctor at Steady MD has a limited number of patients, so they actually have time to listen to you. You get the personal attention that you deserve. They can do almost everything an in-person doctor can do, perform medical evaluations, talk to you about health concerns, send prescriptions to your home or local pharmacy and anything they can't do online. They'll quickly set you up with an in-person provider to do things like blood tests. As an example, you don't need insurance. It's only ninety nine bucks a month with no other fees or copays. I took their quiz. They matched me with a doctor who specializes in my particular health needs and situation. The doctor they gave me is a really perfect fit for me and my medical needs. They have a special offer only for my audience. You'll get 50% off your first month, but only until January 31st. So make sure to sign up soon. Go to steadymd.com slash Pacman. That's S T E A D Y M D.com slash P A K M A N. You can find the link in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pakman show. This is an interesting story that did not get a lot of attention since it came out right around New Year's Day. But I do think it's worth uh, covering. Joe Biden is going to have a completely new Secret Service team and his immediate presidential protection team. And you might be saying, well, what's the big deal? Uh, new president, new protection team, right? Well, the big deal is that um, some reassignments are common when there's a presidential transition. Some agents move into being the people right around the president. Some move out of it. Joe Biden is going to be getting an entirely new team, though, because there are concerns about having Donald Trump sycophants around Joe Biden. Uh, Secret Service is often considered apolitical, simply simply there to provide security. There are reportedly Trump sycophants that are now part of the presidential protection team, individuals who, for example, were discouraging each other from wearing masks to be politically in line with Trump on covid, even though officially the federal government was saying all of our employees are going to be wearing masks. The Secret Service allowed former security detail leader Anthony Ornato to temporarily leave his role and serve as White House deputy chief of staff. Very unusual very unorthodox decision. And that same guy or is the one who coordinated that insane stunt uh, where Trump held a Bible in front of a D.C. church after the clearing of peaceful protesters from the area. He planned some campaign rallies and the like. So bottom line, they are going to be replacing the entire presidential protection team. And to be frank, I think this makes sense. It's terrible that this is necessary. It appears to be necessary. Secret Service agents are around the president during extremely sensitive events and meetings. And the idea that some Trump anti maskers or loyalists of any kind would be around Biden is horrifying. And the plan is to bring back some senior agents that knew Joe Biden from his days as vice president and combine them with some newer agents. I actually never thought that much about the politics of Secret Service agents. But then this guy, Dan Bongino, came along and Bongino was a Secret Service agent who worked on protective duty for George W. Bush. And then he stayed on with Barack Obama. And then we found out Bongino is a completely out of his mind right wing nut. 
that would actually scare me as someone uh, protecting a president, particularly a Democratic president. He's now part owner of the right wing social media network Parler. He said uh, that during Trump's presidency, his life has become about owning the libs. That's a quote. He supported the Spygate conspiracy theory from Donald Trump and on and on and on. And my suspicion is that this is actually going to be a bigger problem than merely the Secret Service. Obviously, Secret Service is of particular importance because we're talking about keeping the president safe. But my suspicion is that there have been Trump loyalists installed at medium to lower levels in many agencies. And often when you have a presidential administration that changes, the leadership at many of those federal government agencies also changes. You know, the, the directors and deputies to those directors may be a little bit lower than that in order for everybody to sort of be in line with the with the incoming president. But because of how Trump and his cronies operate, I would guess that there are tons of loyalists and cronies below the level that a White House would be involved in hiring for. And uh, that is a, a real concern. And we'll have to see how that manifests during the first year or two of Joe Biden's presidency. You may well have as a result of Donald Trump's incredibly cronyistic handling of every aspect of government, entire departments filled at the low to mid level with Trump sycophants and loyalists. So my guess would be that over the first 18 to 24 months of Joe Biden's presidency, we'll be hearing about these rogue acts of defiance from low level folks. Like as an example, I'm not predicting exactly this, but as an example, uh, Biden directs NASA to once again start studying climate change and some lower level folks refuse to put the information back up on the website. Maybe it's a bad example because NASA actually does seem to be um, uh, focused on doing good science, but that type of thing and it'll have to be rooted out. It'll sort of be equivalent to when the Supreme Court uh, legalized gay marriage nationally. You had that deranged, wacky Kentucky County clerk, Kim Davis, who just resisted uh, issuing marriage licenses in her county. Obviously, it failed. She was just replaced, but she was temporarily held up as a martyr by some on the right. It's going to be a very interesting couple of years. So this is a really interesting story. And I know many of you have been emailing me saying, David, you have to cover this. I don't know how many of you expect me to cover it in this way, though. So let's dig right into it. Fox News, um, I guess uh, we'd call him reporter, uh, correspondent Peter Ducey, the son of Steve Ducey, also a Fox uh, host, tried to embarrass Georgia Democratic Senate challenger John Ossoff on air. And it backfired horribly with John Ossoff delivering a perfectly timed mic drop. But very important, what John Ossoff said happens to be untrue. And we should also care about that. So I'm telling you the truth here. What Ossoff said was rhetorically brilliant, but it was not factually accurate. So let's get to it. Georgia Democratic Senate candidate Raphael Warnock has had old assault allegations against him reinvigorated, and they relate to his family life, which he's already discussed. Fox host Peter Ducey brings these allegations up, not to Warnock, but to John Ossoff. And Ossoff executes a perfectly timed, brilliantly calculated and calibrated rebuttal. It is a textbook example of rhetorical skill when dealing with hostile media. Let's take a look. 
Another quick one while we've got you. Any, any concern that the allegations of wrongdoing against Reverend Warnock could possibly be a drag on the Democratic ticket next week? None whatsoever. Reverend Warnock addressed this issue a year ago. And here's the bottom line. Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. And so she is stooping to these vicious personal attacks to distract from the fact that she's been campaigning with a former member of the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, we deserve better than that here in Georgia. And I want to encourage everybody to make a plan to vote on Tuesday. Thank you, sir. Right. Thank you, Mr. Ossoff, very much. All right. Rhetorically, that is brilliant. The pauses, the repetition, the redirection. I mean, it, it is really perfect. John Ossoff is brilliant at this. It also happens not to be accurate, and that has not received the coverage it should probably get. And I'd be doing everybody in my audience a disservice if I didn't point this out. Rhetorical skills do not necessarily equate to factually based dialogue. Right wing host Ben Shapiro is a great example of this. He will quickly rebut any argument you throw at him and he will sound confident doing it. But the arguments are often bogus. Ossoff said that Georgia Republican Senate candidate Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. That is really not true in spirit. You might be able to find some way where you can say the letter of it approximates accuracy. It is true. Kelly Leffler was pictured alongside a former member of the KKK named Chester Doles. Chester Doles was sentenced to prison in the 90s for assaulting a black man. He was a member of the KKK. But to say that Leffler was campaigning with a Klansman, it's really not correct. The Leffler campaign immediately said she has no idea who this guy is. She took a bunch of pictures with everybody who wanted one at that event. She condemns everything the KKK stands for. They would have kicked the guy out if they had known who he was. So it's possible Leffler has a soft spot for white supremacists independent of this event. But when Ossoff says Leffler campaigned with a Klansman, we're stooping to the sort of character assassination stuff that they do because there is no evidence. CNN agrees. Other fact checkers agree to say Kelly Leffler campaigned with a Klansman suggests that the Klansman was part of the campaign, that she welcomed the endorsement of a Klansman. The Klansman introduced her. Uh, that is there's no evidence that that's what took took place here. So we must hold ourselves to the same standard. We, we have to do it. So John Ossoff is brilliant at this stuff when he has the facts on his side and he's brilliant at it when he doesn't have the facts on his side. That's what makes it all the more important for us to fact check this stuff and know what's what. I enjoyed the clip. I admit I did. It's not accurate. Leffler is disgusting. She appears to have profited uh, from covid via her stock trades and she's a total robot automaton. She can't put together a sensible critique of her opponent, Raphael Warnock, without uh, repeating the same four lines over and over about how he's a radical socialist, whatever. But I can't say I have evidence that Kelly Leffler campaigned with a Klansman in the spirit in which John Ossoff is saying it here. Great clip, not factually accurate. Let me know what you think. The David Pakman Show at DavidPakman.com. I want to take a second to tell you about one of our sponsors, SNH Masks. SNH Masks has everything you need when it comes to face masks and other protective gear for COVID-19. And they're giving my audience 20 percent off. SNH Masks is the company 
that I've personally been going to for face masks. I love and trust the products they sell, and that's actually why I reached out to them about being a sponsor. I've tried tons of different face masks this year, like many of you, and I still have not found a mask that is more comfortable or easier to breathe in than the washable cotton masks that they sell. It's made of a silky lightweight cloth that feels great on the skin, has a convenient adjustable strap. They also have disposable cloth masks, which are really comfortable, as well as all of the other gear like face shields, alcohol wipes, no touch infrared thermometers. And all of their prices are very reasonable. I also love SNH masks because they've donated over 60,000 masks to healthcare institutions. They're an excellent company. Shipping is just five bucks and shipping is free on orders over one hundred and fifty dollars. You can get there by going to davidpackmancom slash mask. The link is in the podcast notes and you can save 20 percent on everything in their store when you use coupon code David. The David Pakman Show at davidpackman.com. We are seeing a broken man falling apart more and more acutely every single day. Donald Trump's presidency is now in its death throes, and Donald Trump himself has been increasingly unhinged, retweeting garbage right wing media clips to his Twitter while being missing in action as president of the United States for months now. And over the weekend, he unleashed a tweet storm so unhinged, so outrageous that it's hard to imagine what he's going to do when the day finally comes that he is no longer president of the United States. Uh, this is really bad for the country, truly bad. And it's not just humiliating for Trump. It's humiliating for the country globally. They are crying for us, yes, because of the covid mishandling and the unnecessary death and suffering. They are scared for us, yes, because we have such anti-democratic forces coming out of the woodwork in the Republican Party. But they're also laughing at us because we have a president, technically anyway, for a few more days who can't stop tweeting trash after trash that almost no world leader would ever be caught dead tweeting. Trump again ranting about so-called dead voters who don't exist, tweeting, why haven't they done signature verification in Fulton County, Georgia? Why haven't they deducted all of the dead people who voted, illegals who voted, non-Georgia residents who voted, and tens of thousands of others who voted illegally from the final vote tally? These are all lies. Just a small portion of these votes give us a big and conclusive win in Georgia. Have they illegally destroyed ballots in Fulton County? After many weeks, we don't yet even have a judge to hear this large scale voter fraud case. The only judge seems to be Stacy's sister, referring to Stacey Abrams. Trump insisting he won in a landslide, saying about a Ted Cruz tweet that this is, quote, an attempt to steal a landslide win. Can't let it happen. Trump attacking Georgia Republican officials who are now the enemy because they won't overtly steal the election. Remember, for all the praise of Brad Raffensperger and these other Georgia Republicans who are unwilling to do what Trump wants, they were very willing to try to steal the election via voter suppression. In fact, Georgia was sort of one of one of the, the, the central places uh, of purging voter rolls and, and shutting down polling places like Georgia is the Georgia Republicans are very willing to do some terrible stuff. 
They just weren't willing to do it this way after the fact. And Trump is now attacking them, saying, quote, Republicans in Georgia must be careful of the political corruption in Fulton County, which is rampant. The governor, Brian Kemp, and his puppet lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, have done less than nothing. They are a disgrace to the great people of Georgia. And Donald Trump just continuing to tweet lies about Georgia, saying, quote, Georgia election data just revealed shows that over 17,000 votes illegally flipped from Trump to Biden. This alone, there are many other irregularities, is enough to easily swing Georgia to Trump, uh, quoting OAN. None of that is true. There's no evidence for any of that. No court has found any of these arguments meritorious or, or with evidence. Trump then interrupting the election tweets to attack Dr. Anthony Fauci, saying, quote, somehow Dr. Fauci is revered by the lamestream media as such a great professional, having done, they say, such an incredible job. Yet he works for me and the Trump administration, and I am in no way given any credit for my work. Gee, could this just be more fake news? Of course, Trump, the theme is Trump continuing to be triggered by Dr. Fauci being more respected and trusted than Trump. And when Trump says Fauci works for me, I should get the credit. Well, you've been advocating for the opposite of Fauci in many cases and attacking him publicly for months now. That's why you're not getting the accolades for for being the person who allows uh, Fauci to remain in your employ. And then Trump uh, continuing to spread more lies about the virus, which have deadly consequences, saying, quote, the number of cases and deaths of the China virus is far exaggerated in the United States because of the CDC's ridiculous method of determination compared to other countries, many of whom report purposely very inaccurately and low when in doubt, call it covid fake news. Now, that one is not only untrue. If anything, the number is understated. There's a new CDC report that says, OK, we have the official number, which is around 350,000 dead from covid already a tragedy. Um, but we suspect that the real number is more like half a million for reasons we've already discussed. So when Trump says the real death toll is lower, he implies it's less dangerous than it is, which encourages people to disregard uh, guidelines which save lives. And then Donald Trump retweeting a tweet from lawyer Sidney Powell, who he supposedly doesn't have anything to do with, saying, quote, this election was stolen from the voters in a massive fraud that you and others are now complicit in. American elections are supposed to be completely auditable and transparent. We the people demand the truth and the prosecutions of all who committed voter fraud. And then Trump lastly tweeting that he will be there at a historic day on Wednesday, a march to stop the steal and not to certify the 2020 election. I won't keep going. This is just a sampling. This is not a well person, but he will be gone soon. The more important issue is that this is really bad for the country and its negative effects are going to persist beyond January 20th. And we're going to have significantly more coverage about that coming up uh, later this week, but also in later months. I have something for you today, which you might say is almost sad in a way. This might be the saddest, most pathetic, most embarrassing interview that Fox News host David Asman has ever done. And I've been watching David Asman on and off for decades at this point. 
The interview I'm going to play for you has the feel and the vibe of the North Korean state media broadcasts from how biased and sycophantic it is to the dear leader, which in David Asman's case is Donald Trump. Fox decided to interview Georgia Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who is a vile voter suppressing pro Trump Republican who has become an enemy of Trump because he has said, listen, I, I can't just steal the election for you. And that was even too far for Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger. So David Asman brings on Brad Raffensperger and frames up a question for him that seems like a North Korean state media question, framing up a question about how it really doesn't seem like Biden even could have won because Biden was in the basement and Operation Warp Speed was so great. Uh, this is a reporter from the supposed news side of Fox News. Listen to the frame up on this question. Folks outside of Georgia and outside of other the highly contested states saying, look at these numbers. Uh, Joe Biden got 12 million more votes than Barack Obama on Barack Obama's best election. I mean, how is that possible? He spent the whole the whole campaign bunkered down in his basement, uh, not saying much at all. Uh, the president has had enormous successes with the economy, with Operation Warp Speed, et cetera. How could he have done 12 million more votes than Barack Obama? That's that's really the overall writing question in most people's minds. Again, the people who are out of the weeds, unlike yourself, you can understand those questions, mm -hmm. right? Well, I do. Just imagine that. Asman claims, you know, most people, people who aren't in the weeds, most people are thinking, I don't know. I mean, Biden was in the basement. Trump won with Operation Warp Speed and he won with the economy and Biden gets 12 million more votes than Obama must be fraud. That's the average person that Asman is pretending exists. Now, those people do exist. There's no doubt. But it's about half of Trump voters. It's not most people in the United States. Here is Brad Raffensperger to his credit saying that um, this is the truth. Joe Biden got more votes and some people can't handle it. Biden did win. And people can't handle the truth sometimes because they're very disappointed in the results. And I get that. I voted for President Trump also. But at the end of the day, we did everything that we could. We did an audit of the race. President Trump still lost. Then we did a full recount. President Trump still lost. Then we audited the absentee ballot uh, signatures of the envelopes and Cobb County. And we found only two votes out of 15,000 that we went ahead and surveyed along with GBI, only two out of 15,000 that were done correctly. And they were actually the spouses that filled out those applications for their spouses or signed the signatures. And so we have a safe, secure process and people have to realize that you need to get out and vote. And that's how you win elections. Getting out and voting is how you win, which brings up a real question about whether telling Georgia Republicans that the elections there are rigged is a good way to get out the vote. And by the way, notice that in his answer, Brad Raffensperger does basically agree with the premises of the question from David Asman. But he says the numbers just weren't there. Uh, Raffensperger says, you know, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, Biden was in his basement. Trump did great with Operation Warp Speed. I supported Trump, uh, but we just couldn't find the votes. Not enough people turned out. Uh, so even in his answer there, um, still conceding a bunch of the framing of the question by David Asman. So there you have it. And this is we there's I mentioned this earlier one upmanship battle. I expect that once Trump finally leaves office, we are going to see um, OAN and Newsmax by virtue of their wild reporting push or drag 
some aspects of Fox News to become even more radicalized to maintain an audience. That's my expectation. We'll see if it comes true. Okay, we have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. I really like this voicemail. As many of you know, um, and we covered it earlier today, Donald Trump was caught on an audio recording of a phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State asking them to find him 11,780 votes, which would give him a win in Georgia over Joe Biden. Now, even if they did that, it wouldn't flip the results of the election because Joe Biden won enough other states to win anyway. But um, this caller points out something sort of tongue in cheek, but that we are hearing who recorded the call. It was illegal to record the call. That's the focus. Take a listen. Hi, David. So, yeah, everyone's talking about this uh, phone call. And I just want to say I think it was absolutely perfect. There was absolutely it was a perfect phone call. There was nothing wrong with it. Perfect. Um, uh, there, there should be do, doing some investigations for illegally recording it. And right. Yeah, illegally recording a perfect phone call is just yeah. So, um, I, I get that they're joking, but there's a few things here to talk about. Number one, both sides. You know that I, I don't both sides almost anything. Both sides mostly play this game when there is a leak and they like the content of the leak. They focus on the content and they ignore how it was obtained when they don't like the content of the leak. They say, whoa, hold on a second. That was illegally recorded or it was leaked by someone who didn't have access to it or whatever. Democrats and Republicans really both do this almost to the same degree. And it's one of the areas where there really is very little difference between Democrats and Republicans. However, uh, what is interesting is that presumably Donald Trump. Well, we know Donald Trump was in uh, Washington, D.C. when this call was made. And Brad Raffensperger was in Georgia when this call was made. Both Georgia and D.C. are two part are, are one party consent territories, meaning it is legal to record a, record a phone call as long as someone on the call knows that it's being recorded. The question is, if the people who were doing the recording and knew it was being recorded were in Georgia and no one in D.C. knew it. I am not a lawyer, as many of you know. My question would be, does D.C. law about one party consent mean that at least one party in D.C. needs to know that it's being recorded for it to be legal? I don't know the answer to that. And these one party versus two party consent things, when you have different laws in different states, when the two states on a call have different laws, uh, this becomes a federal issue. And anyway, it's it's kind of a, a whole bigger topic. But it may not actually have been an illegal recording here. It, it's quite possible because both territories are one party consent uh, that this was actually perfectly legal to record, assuming some of the parties on the call were the ones doing the recording. We don't have that information yet. Uh, I am sure that uh, one of the many lawyers in the audience will um, uh, clarify this for me. But yes, uh, they, they, we should be outraged, not that Trump is openly pressuring people to steal the election. We should be outraged that this was recorded. Give me a break, guys. Come on. We've got a great bonus show for you today. We will hear about our New Year's vacations, which were for me anyway, very boring. We will look back at 2020's covid insurance lawsuits. Very interesting. We'll talk about new food waste laws in China. And Donald Trump is set to award medals of freedom to cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Congressman Devin Nunes. 
and Jim. Uh, I also said, almost said Jim Shorts Jordan, Jim Jordan. OK, why? I'll tell you on the bonus show. Get instant access to the bonus show by becoming a member at joinpacman.com. And remember that we are hoping for a better 2021. And you can use the coupon code better 21 to get a big discount off of the membership of your choice at joinpacman.com.